up, everybody? You're listening to the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. I'm your host, virtual marketing coach and fellow creative soul, Miranda Rodriguez. In this podcast, you'll get expert marketing guidance that you can implement on your own, and you'll learn how marketing your business can be simple, doable, and fun. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 125 of the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. This is the final guest interview in this series of interviews for the month of September. So I hope you've enjoyed them. I've really, I had a lot of fun recording them and then so much fun going back through these as I prepare them for release on the podcast and on social media. Um, There's just so many great tips and business advice and guidance. And today I have the great pleasure of having my my friend, um, my life coach, my client also, and author Tammy Helfrich on the podcast. Tammy and I, (laughs) the conversation kind of takes a, a natural direction all on its own. And it ends up being a really Great episode all about being creative and bringing your gift to the world and being unapologetic about bringing yourself and your gifts to the world, even if it's they don't look like peop- what people would expect from you, right? Even in, um, we kind of take, there's a fun little story to relate to that. But Tammy has a new book out called Unapologetic. You can Listen to that, download it on Audible. You can purchase it on Amazon, wherever you buy your books. Um, just check out her Instagram at Tammy Helfrich Coaching, or you can visit her website, TammyHelfrich.com, to learn more. And Tammy Helfrich is an intuition and life coach, passionate about helping you create a life you desire. She helps you learn to listen to your intuition and uncover unhelpful patterns that could be holding you back from the life you've always wanted. Tammy is the host of the podcast, Intentional Life, and the author of a new book, Unapologetic. I've worked with Tammy for a few years now. She was there when I was working full-time, when I transitioned to um, my business full-time and bringing on my first client, which was the place where I was working at the time. Um, She helped walk me through all of that. She's been here through um, transitioning to when Marshall and I got the office and we were renovating the office and moving my business there and then the pandemic and moving my business to our house and navigating moving into a new home and step parenting and puppy parenting and businessing and all the things. So I just, I, I can't say enough good things about Tammy and I love her so much. And if you are interested in life coaching, you want to learn more about it, not sure what it is, um, just reach out to her. She has so many great, great resources and so many great ways to work with her. So don't hesitate to reach out to Tammy or reach out to me if you'd like an introduction to Tammy. On that note, I hope you enjoy this podcast. Um, It should feel like you are just sitting right there in the room with us, having this conversation, laughing away, going off on these (laughs) creative tangents, telling these stories. Um, Just enjoy it. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review wherever you're listening. And um, send me a DM or send Tammy a DM and let us know what you think of the episode. Thank you so much for being here. I'll be back with you soon. 
Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. Today, I'm joined by one of my favorite people, Tammy Helfrick. Um, I have her newest book right here. It's called Unapologetic. She is an author and a life coach and a creative, and she's just a wonderful human being. So welcome to the podcast, Tammy. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. And what a great intro. I love yeah. it. I need you to follow me around. And I know. Me and Jenny will just like, we'll take turns and choose yes. new places. It's just, we just love you so much and we're oh. so grateful for you. And um, congratulations on your book launch and the party this week. Thank you. How has that all been going? So I, we'll talk about the marketing of the book, but like, how are you receiving how other people are receiving your work? Yes. So as you and I have talked about, that has been a big part of my work is learning to receive and learning to celebrate my work and what I'm putting out into the world and learning to accept the compliments and the praise. Mm -hmm. And so I, before I launched the book, I got some coaching and because I was finding myself starting to shrink back a little bit from the praise and the excitement. Mm -hmm. And I knew that that was not at all how I wanted to approach this book because hello, the name of the book (laughs) is unapologetic. So I've been really intentional about that. And that's something that I talk about on my podcast, intentional life is I've been really intentional about, first of all, allowing myself to celebrate. So doing a book launch party and allowing people to tell me how the book is impacting them and actually receiving it and really sitting in it, which is very different for me, especially I am great about celebrating everyone else, but I have not always been great about celebrating myself and allowing myself to feel that, which is one of the things that I talk about in the book. Many of us are, when we're good at things and we do things well, we think that we, um, should not be happy about them or should not allow ourselves to feel that. And so I've been really intentionally doing that. So it has been a little surreal for sure, (laughs) because um, like you sent me this beautiful arrangement of flowers, which was so sweet. And I love them. And people just have been texting and calling and and telling me how the book is impacting them. And so it's been really fun. I've, I've really enjoyed this. And so I just want to tell people to allow themselves to both receive and celebrate ourselves. Yes. Something we don't do well. No, we don't. And I feel like, I mean, this is something I work on too. So Tammy is my life coach and we meet weekly. And um, so it was so fun to send you flowers for once because I feel like you're such a great gift giver where you send flowers and cards and little notes just because. And so I'm like, yes, like I get to send (laughs) Tammy flowers, you know, and I, I could do that anyway, but it felt really nice to do that in a celebratory manner. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. And And from Blissful Blooms, my favorite, absolutely gorgeous flower arrangement. Yeah, they're just the best over there. So so before the receiving and the celebrating, there was the actual act of writing this book. And so can you talk a little bit about that? Because so much of, I mean, and we both know we work with entrepreneurs who are creating things with their own hands. And so a lot of the work we do in coaching them is around like being vulnerable and putting your work out there in the world. But I can only imagine how how much more intense that is when it's your words and your stories that you're sharing. Yes, it absolutely is. And, you know, I've heard other authors talk about that when you actually, you write the book, but then actually physically putting it out there for everyone to read 
feels very vulnerable. Now, this book is not so much, it's not a memoir. So it's not like there's things that I don't want people to know, right? But it is vulnerable to share parts of your journey because a lot of the book is my journey of learning how to be unapologetic and then giving you questions and helping you do the same. So it is vulnerable and it is sometimes a little weird to think about just random people that you wouldn't imagine. I mean, that's been, I think the most surprising thing for me is I grew up in a small town and my colleagues and my, the people that I grew up with, so many of them are reading the book, which feels a kind of weird because (laughs) I mean, we keep up through Facebook and things like that, but, um, I haven't seen many of them for many years. So it is, it is, interesting and it it feels a little weird, but it also feels really cool because as you know, one of the things as a coach that I love to do is help people find their answers. And so I feel like this book and what I'm hearing from people is that it's really challenging people to start to ask themselves some questions that maybe they've never asked and to get really honest with themselves, which is so much of my work. And so that feels really great to be able to share that in a totally different way because there just are people who don't listen to podcasts and who don't follow us on social media, mm-hmm. but who will pick up a book and read it. And so it's just very different. It's what have been some of the things people are saying to you about the book? Like, I know a lot of people have talked about you like having us question what our favorite thing to do was when we were children, which is so hilarious because I was thinking about that yesterday and I was like, oh, I used to play talk show host all the time. Like, Did you? Other, yes. Other people would play house or school or whatever. And I like in my room, I had this blow up chair and we would like, I would host a show and sometimes we'd record it and I'd interview people. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I don't think I've ever heard you say that. No, it just hit me yesterday after listening to your podcast um, with Jenny and Christina when they were like kind of going back and thinking about it. And I was like, oh, and talking about you and um, so in the funeral home stuff and the mortician. And I was like, what did I like to do? And if you ask my mom, because I did ask her when I read your book, like in the beginning, I was like, what? what did I like to do when I was little? And she's like, you talked a lot. You like to talk. You like to play and talk about talking. And that <laughs> that was fun for me. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So that has been a big one because I think many of us haven't ever really thought about that because mm-hmm. we get into adulthood and then we have our own kids and we just get wrapped up in that and we forget what we like to do. You know, a big, I didn't talk about it in the book, but a big um, thing was, you know, that my husband started doing in his mid forties was mountain biking. And it was Mm -hmm. something that he loved to do when he was a kid. And so he just re, um, engaged with that. And it just brought so much life to him. And so people have talked about that. Um, people have talked about how it's kind of like a, a kind of like a workshop Mm -hmm. in a book, because I do ask you questions. That's a big thing that I do. I want, I don't want you to just read it and not do anything with that. I mean, I've done that for, I did that for a long time, but I really think that so much of, we get caught in these student modes of just consuming all this information and not taking action, which is what we work with our clients a lot on. And so I didn't want that to be, I didn't want this to be a book like that. I wanted this to be a book where you can take as long as you want to go through it, but you're going to actually ask yourself some of these questions. So, Mm -hmm. um, 
It's a pretty easy read, but I think people just, I think some people have been surprised at some of, uh, you know, my stories or things that they didn't know about me. And um, just more than ever, I think what I'm hearing from a lot of people is that they're feeling empowered to actually try some of these things now and that they wish they had read it, you know, years ago. So that's been fun. So why do you think people who, who maybe like in your circle have been like, oh, I know Tammy's a coach, but I'm not really sure what that is. Like, why do you think they've gravitated towards the written version of this? Um, that's a good question. I think people still really, life coaching really is still pretty new. If yeah. you think about it, like to me, it doesn't seem like it cause I've had it for so long, Right. but in the overall sense of just your average person, I think they don't understand. And as you and I have talked about, there's so many different kinds of coaches, right? Mm-hmm. There are coaches who are just going to tell you like, follow my program and do this right. and that will work for you, which is not the kind of coach that I am. So I think that, um, and I wanted this to be kind of, I mean, kind of an introduction to coaching of how doing thought work and looking at yourself objectively, how that can change your life, because that's the key. You mm-hmm. might look at your life objectively and be like, yeah, I'm pretty happy with how it is. I don't right. want to change. That's totally fine. Yeah. And so I think that it resonates with people. And I also think that, um, I just, I mean, one of the things that I do realize is like, I do have a lot of equity with people because they just do know that I'm here and can be a really safe space. And I've been so supportive of other people in the past that they, they just trust me. I mean, some people Mm -hmm. just trust me if they know me. And so I think that's also part of it. And I think some people are just intrigued, you know, the idea of writing a book, they're like, what? Oh my gosh, I could never do that. And so they just want to read it just to see what I had to say. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's funny. Just the curiosity of it. Yeah. So I think the trust piece is big. I mean, I know I trust you, like you, you are so trusted and so many people have you on their short list of like, who am I going to talk to about this? Who do I trust with this idea? Like you, you have my grandpa's manuscript right now, which is hilarious. Um, (laughs) Which I love. Okay. I just have to say, I'm really loving Merle. (laughs) He's growing on me. (laughs) How far are you now? Uh, I'm about halfway through. I think. Oh yeah. my gosh. That's a lot. So I yeah. did, um, this is just a side note, but I did hire an editor. So awesome. yeah, yeah, I'm waiting for the contract. So that's exciting. Awesome. See, and that's what I love. Okay. So I know you probably don't want to talk about this too much, but I just love that that was something that he wanted to do that he was so protective of, mm-hmm. but like you and I talked about, this is a gift that you are going to to give, to bring his dream to the world. It's the same way that I thought about my friend, Jamie's book. She blogged for five years and I wanted people to read her book, her, her words. I knew that it would help people not necessarily who are going through cancer as much as like sometimes their loved ones. Right. And Mm -hmm. so it was just an honor. And so I, I love that you have brought his book and I love reading it and just, (laughs) just seeing like the different, I just think there's room for all of it. And that's such Mm -hmm. a big part of what I do as a coach is really help people be okay. Like I can see that I was just saying this on the book launch. Um, you know, we, we, sometimes we do these creative things that aren't necessarily who we are. 
And so then we are ashamed of that or we're nervous about putting Mm -hmm. that out in the world, which I'm sure your grandpa in some way didn't want people to see like where his story is going, right? (laughs) Maybe we should give people, I'll let you finish that thought and then I'll (laughs) give people some background. Okay. (laughs) Um, But I think that that is just, I just think there's room for all of it. And that's why I love helping people learn to accept and honor themselves because art is just a gift, whether it's stories or music or podcasting or Mm -hmm. whatever it is that you do. It's a gift that you can bring to the world and there's room for all of it. Yes. And that ties in exactly to, so my grandpa, my grandpa, um, we'll just say he's a very conservative, like traditional old school grandpa, you know, like he, um, he had a pilot's license. He worked for the tollway. He was a mechanic in the army air force. And so he doesn't seem on the outside. Like he was a boxer. He was a football player, very tough man, like very tough. And then there was, (laughs) so there is this other creative side of him that I think I forget sometimes, but like he used to sit us on his lap and create little comic strips, like, like, um, where he'd flip the page and the bird would move throughout the oh, page. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So like, and he he just would always doodle. Like he was sketching and doodling. And so all throughout our lives, and I think most of my family has forgotten this too because it was never at the forefront, but he's been working on a novel. And it was like, I don't know, probably at least 30 years in the making. And he would never let anyone read it. And he just kept saying it's inappropriate. But for... The grandpa I knew inappropriate was like, you know, like PG-13 on TV, something like, you know, (laughs) so (laughs) in my mind, and I think my mom's mind is like, oh, he's just being grandpa, you know, (laughs) and so (laughs) then when my grandpa passed away when he was getting sick, um, he wasn't sick, but anyway, at some point my mom and him talked about the book because my mom helped him save files and move it from computer to computer and the retirement home. And so she just got his permission to be able to like work on and finish the book because he never published it. And now, so then when I got the the copy of the manuscript, I think I'm the first person in the family to read it. I realized that not only was it inappropriate, it was just like downright X rated. And so, <laughs> Which is um, a very, like, I mean, it really just, I don't want to say shattered the identity I had of him, but kind of, it kind of blew it up and was like, oh yeah, my grandpa was like this whole other person that he, for whatever reason, like he never followed through on, because the book is done. Like he could have Mm -hmm. sent it to a publisher at any time and he just didn't, like he never, and so I, often wonder like back to being unapologetic and like accepting your whole self if he just like wasn't in a place or didn't want to like have his name on that for whatever reason because they're very much about you know they grew up really poor and um about image and honor and like all of that so I just wonder if he wasn't quite sure how it land coming from him Yeah. And I just love that. I'm, I love how the correlation to unapologetic comes up because he really was, he was a good writer Mm -hmm. and he had, the story is really good. Mm -hmm. And, but yeah, that's what 
probably held him back from publishing it. Right. And you and I have talked about that in just being who you are Mm -hmm. and showing up in the world as you knowing that some people are not going to like it. Like he knew Mm -hmm. most people probably were not going to like that book. Right. (laughs) But there's other people who will absolutely love it. Right. Mm -hmm. But also I think what's interesting is the whole, and again, this is kind of going off on a tangent, but the you know, our parents and our grandparents and their generation, everything was about being very proper and Mm -hmm. kind of fitting in line. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So the fact that he was still willing to, to express himself in that way probably brought him so much life and was a way that he was putting his creative outlet out there. Even though he didn't let anyone see it. Exactly. And I think about this. So I talked about this in therapy this week, but with my, so my grandma, like, I think she felt like unfulfilled, right? Mm -hmm. Like as she got older, like she felt like she had a lot of things she had left to do. And my grandpa, he didn't. And looking back, I wonder if he was like really creatively like filling his own cup this entire time with this book. Yeah. And like, that was how he was expressing himself. And so I feel like when you, when you find those creative outlets, which is why it's so important to have them. And then they do so much for you where mm-hmm. he had that. And it, it, I mean, it's like his life's work, which is, is cool now that I get to help publish it and get it out in the world. Yeah. And hopefully he's happy with that. <laughs> he is. I just have a feeling he is for sure. And yeah, I think that's a great point. Cause I, you know, when I was still in the corporate world and just starting to think about becoming an entrepreneur or doing something different, that was my outlet. Like writing became my outlet. It was something I had mm-hmm. completely forgotten that I loved to do. I used to write, my friend and I wrote a soap opera, like back and forth for probably a good year, like literally handwritten wow. pages of soap operas. And so having that creative outlet really helped me while I was still in that very traditional role. And I think that I know most of my clients, a lot of what we talk about is finding those things that bring you life that don't have to, I think we get so caught up in thinking about how is this going to make me money and how am I going to leave my job? And instead of just finding the things that you love and then doing them just because you can. Do you think that we, because I know a lot of people, especially in the like makers and the artisans and the creative entrepreneurs, it's hard for them to like just create to create without adding it into their business, right. To sell it. And so Do you think part of that is as a society, like we put so much like pressure on our time being valuable. So like time is money, that type of mentality where it's like, well, why am I spending time woodworking if this is not going to go anywhere? Right. Like, absolutely. Yeah. And we totally lose sight of like the value it has for us personally. Like, yes. Yes, Yeah. Go on. One of the things that you and I talk a lot about is finding those things, right? For you as an entrepreneur, it's really easy to get completely consumed in your business, Mm -hmm. but I call it like giving your, your brain space to breathe, right? For me, that's like getting out in nature. Um, sometimes it is writing, sometimes it's reading, like reading a good fiction. Like I'm getting lost in your grandpa's book. Like, (laughs) I mean, I, it's so fascinating to me because it's such a different, um, time period and the, you know, the way that he, the experiences that he had, which were totally different than how I grew up. Right. Um, and I think that 
we, especially then once you take your art and you move it into a business, you think that you have to spend all of your waking time on that. Mm-hmm. And then you can end up getting burnout or you can end right. up not feeling that creative spark because you're not giving yourself those other things that do light you up and that bring mm-hmm. you joy because we think it's not productive. And I think that's one of like the biggest lies that we've all been told because sometimes, and I see this over and over in my life, the times when I feel the most creative and when I get most of my ideas are not when I'm working in my business. They're right. when I'm walking on the beach. They're when I'm outside there when I'm just sitting and meditating or mm-hmm. doing something that I love, like playing pickleball or what, you know, like doing unique things. And I think not like whenever you do those things, like walking on the beach or in nature or going for a bike ride, like resisting the urge to consume something at that time yes. too, like to put a podcast on the headphones or mm-hmm. like Marshall and I, when we walk the dog, I like to do it without anything. Like I just go outside and I walk the dog and that's like my time to think. Mm -hmm. And he, that's one of his only times to actually like catch up on a podcast. So then he'll listen to a podcast. And I'm like, how do you, how do you do that first thing in the morning? Like, how do you put that in your ears right away? You know, like time to just process. Um, So how, like, when did you know you were going to write a book? You said you were always interested in writing. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've wanted to write a book for a long time. I don't, I can't pinpoint when I wanted to, I think definitely when I was still in the corporate world and I started, you know, I started blogging, which was goodness, probably decade, more than a decade ago. Um, I kind of surrounded myself with authors and just loved what they were doing and the idea of, and I've always loved books too. Um, so I think it's just been a goal that I've always had and, um, I, I did an ebook a few years ago. And then, like I said, I, I created, um, a book out of my friend, Jamie's blog. I've done some journals, but I think it was really during, um, COVID when, you know, I just thought, what am I waiting for? Mm -hmm. (laughs) What, I mean, if there, if not now, when that's been a really powerful, uh, question that I've been asking myself for probably the last year, Mm -hmm what are we waiting for to do it? And so I just started and, um, I'm just so glad I did. It's it's definitely feels great to have kind of my first real book out there. And I also just know that like, this is just the beginning is kind of feeling now. So, so exciting. What were, were there any parts of the process that you were like surprised by maybe creatively or just like in general that you didn't expect? So many. <laughs> so the actual writing of the book was not nearly as hard as I thought. I, the The beginning process of like narrowing down to what you're really focusing on, because mm-hmm. as a life coach, at, you know, I've been podcasting for years. I've been talking about all this stuff. So initially you think, oh my gosh, I have to put everything into this book. Right. That didn't feel right. So narrowing it down was hard. But then once I narrowed it down, I was like, oh yes, this feels right. And so actually writing it, I'm really good at um, just doing things in chunks of time. So I like would write a whole bunch in a couple hours and be fine. And um, so that wasn't too bad. The editing part uh, was torture. (laughs) 
I was like, oh my gosh, this is so not fun. I don't like this part. And part of that was because I realized um, I like to do things in really short, concise segments. So like Mm -hmm. my podcast is very short. The blogs I used to write were very short. Um, Well done, but not a lot of tweaking and editing. So that was a very different process. Now, I now see it's so important and it's a completely different, better book because of the editing process. Mm -hmm. So I'm grateful for that. Um, Just the publishing aspect, it just, there's just so many tweaks and little things back and forth to get the book the way that you love it. And, you know, that was really important to me. I just wanted to feel really great about everything about the book. And then audio, the audio (laughs) book was... You know, I just thought, oh my gosh, well, I've been podcasting for years. No big deal. Right. Okay. Well, number one, I don't read ever. Like I don't even, I have a kind of an outline in my podcast, but I just do those on the fly. So reading my own words was very interesting. And then it just took a lot of time. And then, you know, I got it all done. I try to upload it and it's totally in the wrong (laughs) The oh, wrong no. format. So I had to hire somebody to do all the editing on it, you know, so it's it just, it's a learning process for sure. But, you know, as an entrepreneur, that's one of the biggest things that I coach so many of my entrepreneurs mm-hmm. on is you just have to figure this stuff out and you just, you, your attitude and how you approach it. If you're like, oh, this sucks. And it's so awful. That's how mm-hmm. you're going to feel versus, oh, okay, well, we'll figure it out. Right. Yeah. Right. So what were some, so you have like, we'll figure it out. What Were there any other more helpful thoughts that you like kept top of mind at primarily around like detaching from the results, like from mm. the outcome, like making the outcome, like you completing and fulfilling this goal of yours versus like how it is received or how it resonates with other people? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I, that's been so much of my work, I would say, especially over the last five years since I've been coaching is really detaching from, like, I remember when I first started my podcast, I was just telling someone this the other day, I literally took the approach of if one person listens and hears Mm -hmm. something from it, I'm fine with that. And like, I really believed that. And then to continue podcasting, I kept thinking like, I'll just, I'll just keep doing it until I feel like it's not time to do it anymore. Um, So with this book, I like, I just have never had the dream to have to be a pub, you know, have a publisher or have an agent or any of that. That's just not ever been my dream Mm -hmm. where as it is some people's dreams. And so that has helped me kind of detach from it. And again, going back to like, I wrote this book um, and everything that I do with my podcast and with the coaching is to help other, my life has been changed because of coaching right? and I want to help other people change their life too. And so I'm going to put this out there. Like I feel, I felt, I don't want to say called, but like, I just felt that it was something that I was created to do. And so if I put it out there, then I'm just going to trust that the right people will find it. And yes, mm-hmm. it means continually marketing it, right. Yeah. And being intentional about that, not just expecting people to show right. up, which I do have a tendency sometimes to be that way. Um, but then also just knowing like it will, it will take whatever course it's supposed to take. And, and I don't get wrapped up in numbers. I just have never been one to get wrapped up in numbers, <laughs> Yes, <which> I know. <laughs> is, you know, very well, which is helpful, but also like, I'm also learning to still be able to set goals with that. Cause I think in the past, one of the things 
I took it to the extreme of, I don't get wrapped up in numbers, but then that also meant like I wouldn't set goals or Mm -hmm. I wouldn't track anything to see the progress. And so that's one of the things that you have helped me with so much. Yeah. Tracking numbers is like, is such a big thing we work on. So how do you, now that we are tracking numbers and Mm -hmm. you used to not be a number tracker, um, I think a big part of it is not making the numbers mean anything about yourself, like remaining neutral. So do you have any advice for people who are like, I I had a client who was like, can we not look at the numbers every month because Mm -hmm. it is stressing me out? And of course I was like, sure, if that's not helpful for you, let's not do it. But you still have to at least once a quarter then check the numbers out. So how do you help people not make that mean anything? So it, I help people do that. And I do this myself through thought work because it is literally just what you're thinking about it. It's just a number, right. it's data. Yes. Like the big thing that has been so helpful for me is it's just data. And I do want to be able to look back and see mm-hmm. that's one thing you've really helped me with. I want to look back and see, oh my gosh, this is where we started. Yeah. Look at what we've done. For me, it's been more about tracking the consistency of it. How am I consistently showing up and then seeing that reflected in the data? Um, but it's literally about the thought that you're thinking. So, I mean, you can relate this to your business. You can relate this to your health, right? You step on the scale. Yep. It's just a number. Right. It's whatever you think about it and what you're making it mean that will make you feel a certain way. Right. So if I'm tracking my numbers in my business, I can make it mean I'm not successful, which is what a lot of people do. Right. They say, if I'm not making X amount of dollars or if I don't have a certain number of clients, that means I'm not successful. Well, that's literally just the way you're thinking about it. Mm-hmm. You can also make it mean wow, look at the progress that I'm making. And I know that I'm consistently showing up. So it's just, it's questioning what you're telling yourself about that number and then intentionally deciding that it's not going to get to you. That's what I've done with you, working with you. I look at the numbers and I don't make it mean anything. I don't make it mean like, yeah, it's, oh, okay. I can see kind of where that happened. And again, like it's just data is super helpful for me too. Yeah, I think that's a great way of phrasing it because so for an example, if you look at your numbers, you track your monthly numbers and then you they're low for the month Mm -hmm. based on your own personal expectations, maybe compared to last month. Um, But then so you can make that mean you could tell yourself, like, I'm a bad business owner. This business is failing. Like, these are some thoughts that you might be playing in your head. And then I'll have you look at the year prior and we'll say, oh, July is always slow. Okay. Like this is normal or this is the natural rhythm of my business, or this is just fact finding data, you know? And I think helping people to understand that because having your numbers does give you a big, like the full picture of your business. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really helpful. Yeah. Um, And if you don't have that, then you tell yourself stories, right? Then you're like, oh, it's awful. And it doesn't mean that versus you, like one time we looked at your data and mm-hmm. you can easily see, oh, these are the months where <laughs> it, it's naturally like this, right? So right. nothing's gone wrong. It's just, it's giving you actual facts to look at versus the stories that we all spin in our heads. Yes. Yeah. I love that. And when we did that exercise, I mean, I had never even run like my total income or whatever. So, I mean, it can be really like mind blowing in a good way. Once you start mm-hmm. tracking your data to say like, oh my gosh, look at how much I've increased year over year or, right. you know, 
each just to look back, I think is really important. So yeah. is there anything else about this process or like your mindset in around writing a book that you want to share with people? Um, I think the only thing I would say is if you feel like you have a book in you, take some kind of step, whatever it is. I mean, I just think about your grandpa, like what yeah. would it have done for him to actually publish and put this book out into the world, you know, you like so close. Yeah. And, and you hear stories about people who like, who die with books in them. Mm-hmm. And I would just say if the, if you ever have a um, desire to do that, then take some kind of step, reach out to me, reach out to someone else who's written a book and, um, or, or even just write your idea down and see yeah. if you like it. Right. So. I think that's a great, like, just to even make a list of your ideas and like document it. Like, um, well, this has inspired interesting conversation with a lot of people now, but like Marshall's grandpa, his story is he's still with us today and he's like a multiple purple heart veteran. Wow. Um, he was in some famous battle in Korea and like one of two people to survive afterwards. Wow. Yeah. And he, um, it it is a wild story, but I'll just, just, I don't know why I'll share this part, but, um, he, so he was given up multiple times for adoption. He had one family that adopted him and then they lit the house on fire with him inside of it, trying to, they didn't, they couldn't afford him anymore. And then the family that ended up taking him in the, for whatever reason, <laughs> these West Virginia women did not mess around. And um, she, so the mother in that situation, like his adopted mom, was home alone. And the dad was like out working somewhere. And the neighbor kicked in the door and was going to like sexually assault her in the middle of the night. And she blew him off the front porch with a shotgun. Wow. And then the police came and just said, okay, that's what happened. All right. You know, and that was it. Like, Wow. That guy didn't bother anyone else after that. So I feel like these are the things like we have to document. Mm -hmm. I feel the, do you feel that urge to like document things around you ever? Sometimes. Yeah. Like I think the family history thing is, and, and I'm going through the phase where most of my, the generation above me will be gone soon. Mm-hmm. Like there are very, very few of them. Yeah. And yeah, we didn't because, you know, I didn't pay attention to a lot of the stories that my dad mm-hmm. said when he was younger. And then even just asking questions about our family, you hear things like that. It was a totally different time that our parents and our grandparents grew up in and it's hard for us to fathom. So yeah, I think that I, and that's where I think, um, storytelling and Mm -hmm. documenting, and it's just so, it's so important. It's so important. And that can all, you can weave that, that storytelling aspect too, like into your marketing, like the way Mm -hmm. you talk about your business and the way you talk about yourself and sharing these other like personal anecdotes, I think are a great way to build trust with your audience and to let them know who you really are. But I think it's such a fun process. Like you can write anything like my grandpa's proof. Who knew that he had that (laughs) that inside of him, you know, like (laughs) this tough man. So, um, Yeah, I think it's really fun. Thank you so much for being here today and for sharing about your story writing process. How can people get in touch with you? 
So the, my website is the best way it's Tammy and, uh, we can connect on social media and I have a podcast called intentional life. And thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. I love talking about, uh, stories and just, I love giving, you know, sometimes people need permission to do the things that Mm -hmm. they want to do. And like, I just, reading your grandpa's thing. I just wish I could go back and give him permission to do that. You know, know, not that he needed it, but someone just to support him. And I think that's the power of what you do. And what I do mm-hmm. is helping people to realize it's okay to do the things that you want to do mm-hmm. in the world. You just have to get your thoughts and your feelings in order to be able to do it. Nobody else has to give you permission. Right. You just have to be willing to do it. You have to be willing to put yourself out there. I do think my mom, she mentioned recently when I was telling her about the contents of the book and my editing, because we got rejected by an editor. Um, So then I told her that and she was like, oh, now that you say that, I feel like he did at one point too. So I think maybe he tried and the door was shut rather quickly and then he just didn't pursue it. So, yes. Oh, it's so funny. I'll, we'll yeah. keep everyone up to date on that too. We absolutely will because this book, this is book is going to get published. And I just love, I just love the whole idea of it. And again, I just think for your listeners, you know, being able to just be unapologetically who you are and I call it bringing your awesome to the world. Yeah, I think it's needed. It's just needed. And so whatever you need, the support that you need from Miranda or from me to just know that it's okay. That's what we want to give you. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. This has been great. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. It's always fun. Hi, friends. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a marketing or journal prompt episode. And please leave a review so more people can find us. Are we friends on Instagram yet? Head over to at marketing uninhibited to say hi and let me know what parts of marketing you're struggling with. If you're ready to take your business to the next level with a customized four-week marketing action plan, visit marketinguninhibited.com to schedule your free 30-minute discovery call today. And remember, marketing your business can be simple, doable, and fun.